day 190. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is John, and I just want to remind you that this is a podcast where we're trying to show you uh, that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. And this passage in Isaiah 56 through 59 is a wonderful one to look at and see God. Isaiah chapter 56 um, starts out with this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reminder of God speaking, um, not just to Israel at this time, but speaking through them to the nations and telling the foreigner or the eunuch, right? So people that are cast out or cast away, God saying, look, everybody who the world or who my people might um, exploit or expel or turn away. God saying, y'all have a home here. God saying, I don't want to just be the God of a particular genre of people. God saying, I'm the God for the nations. So the castaway and the cast out, they have a home with God. And you drop down to Isaiah 56 verse seven, um, and you hear God saying this, look, I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Look here, their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar for my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. All right. If that passage sounds familiar to you, it's because it's the passage that Jesus used when he walked into the temple and started turning tables over. Do you know why? Because when Jesus comes in to the temple, he looks around and what he sees is this, is that the insiders, the Jews, the religious leaders, the people that have the power are making it difficult for the outsiders to worship God, right? That instead of explaining what God is like and welcoming in the foreigner or the person that has need, they were exploiting their desire to worship God, and they were upcharging in the temple. So in the temple at that time, they had these like, uh, yeah, it was like different regions, right? And so the outer region was the place where the Gentiles worshipped. The problem was people would set up uh, these stands, and they would basically sell sacrifices at uh, Six Flags prices, right? You know what that's like to go into Six Flags and yeah, pay $23 for a turkey leg. Uh, you're like, something's not right. So these are people that are already foreign and poor. And God, based on the stuff that we learned in Leviticus, right? God has made a means for anybody to come and to worship him, right? So so when uh, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to dedicate him at the temple, they worship with turtle doves, which shows that they really didn't have lots of money. Jesus comes in and sees them exploiting the poor, and he gets mad and upset because he says, no, no, listen, the temple is supposed to be a place where the foreigner feels like he's at home and y'all are taxing them something serious, right? God has made provision for the poor and the foreigner to worship, and they were making it incredibly hard for them. So this is what Jesus quotes. 56 is this 
invitation. It's God giving us a snapshot into who he is, what he's, uh, who he's attracted to, who he's drawn to. So any one of us that feel like an outsider, we don't have it all together, we don't quite fit in, we can be reminded that God is not just the God of a particular genre. God is the God of the nations for all of us, right? And here's what I love. As the passage goes on, God doesn't just speak to the people that are being exploited. God gives a word to the people that exploit as well, right? God is not just saying to the people that are downtrodden, uh, lift your chin up, but God lets them eavesdrop on the fact that God's saying, no, 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 listen, I've got a word for the people that do the exploiting and the victimizing as well, and God's saying, it's not going to go well with you. And there's a certain amount of comfort uh, that in, uh, that enables us to endure when we realize God's not just after making those that are broken and downtrodden feel better by telling them to lift their spirits and how much he loves them, but there is an aspect where those that have been broken and weighed down by injustice can look up and see that God is not a God that ignores it. God's going to deal with it. All right. So even at the end of 56, in the beginning of 57, when God says he's going to deal with injustice in these broken leaders in chapter 57, now God calls them out because even in spite right, of God continuing to be good and kind to them, in spite of God welcoming in those that are exploited, the people of Israel once again, right, have turned their backs on him. They've given themselves over to the worship of these idols and their sin is going to highlight something about God, right? So God is not going to let the people that have been victimized off of the hook when 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 they turn and sin. God's going to call them out on their rebellion, but in God calling them out on their rebellion, Isaiah 57, God is reminding them of his grace. God's saying this. God's saying, um, I've seen everything. I've seen absolutely everything that you've done, but I want you to know this about me. I still want to heal you. I still want you to be close. Uh, the aim of these devotionals in the morning is that they would be really, really brief so we can't go into depth. But one of the things that I've learned is that music uh, has a way of cementing these truths inside of us, for us being reminded of just how beautiful these truths are, right? So I read this and the only thing I could think about was uh, this Boys to Men song, The End of the Road. I feel like some of the best theology is captured in 90s R&B. Y'all know the part, it's at the end of the road uh, where basically Michael, the one dude in the Boys to Men that couldn't really sing all that well, uh, he has this like breakdown, right? One of the key parts of 90s R&B was that in the midst of these sad, lamenting songs where we're acknowledging that things are broken, we're acknowledging the role that somebody else played in this wrong. One of the hallmarks of 90s R&B is that the music stops and it fades in the background and we hear this amazing profession of love 
and forgiveness. And essentially, this is what takes place in Isaiah 57, right? It's, it's God testifying that he's seen the wickedness, but he's going to make things right. Did y'all hear what took place? Michael acknowledged that he had been done wrong by the person that he gave his love to, but he offered to make things right. He offered to heal the relationship. And this is what God does in Isaiah 57. God is the greater Michael. People were so blind. They followed after these idols and rebelled. God said, I saw all of it, but I'm still going to heal you, right? And then we get to Isaiah chapter 58, this amazing uh, passage where God is basically talking to them about their fasting. And God is saying, look, I don't want y'all to replace doing justice with these personal acts of piety. Y'all are mad because I don't listen to you when you fast and pray. But God's saying, that's because in your fasting, instead of trying to please me by giving me something that I asked for, you're giving me something that I didn't ask for. So instead of trying to determine what it is that God wants from you and give that to him, you don't have to invent it. You can investigate, you can hear, listen, and understand what God wants. And basically what God's saying is, look, this is what I really want from y'all. I just want y'all to emulate me the same way at the beginning of the passage that God talked about. He welcomed the foreigner. He was attracted to those that were weak and exploited. God saying, this is the kind of fast that I want, right? It's not just giving away a doggy bag after you leave the restaurant and somebody that's on the side of the street asks you for a meal. It's this total reorientation of life where we see ourselves as agents of God in the world meant to be these windows where people can look through us and see something of God. So in the same way that God cares for the poor, welcomes the poor and invites them in, God's saying, no, this is what I want from y'all. I don't want y'all to just fast from food and cry out to me. God's saying, I want you to use this surplus of food, the excess, the excess that you have, and go after the people that are hungry and make sure they're cared for without them having to ask for a meal the same way I did for y'all when y'all were in the wilderness. This is God saying, I just want my people here on the earth to spend their days looking like me. Isaiah 58, 10, right? It's subtle, but I love this as God talks, uh, or we'll start at verse nine. God says this, at that time, right? After you do this, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, here I am. 
If you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger pointing and the malicious speaking, look this. And if you offer yourself to the hungry, right? Not just your food, but if you offer your very self to the hungry, it is this, it's more than just giving your surplus. It is this total commitment of yourself to meeting the needs of the one that is without. And essentially, this is what God does. And throughout the rest of this text, God is going to remind them, listen, fam, I got y'all. Y'all are free to give with reckless abandon because the same God that has provided for you will continue to provide for you. And Isaiah 59 is a beautiful passage of it seems like the people are getting it. And it is this prayer of repentance, acknowledging what they've done wrong, but they're empowered to repent because they know that in the same way that they've done wrong and messed things up and they've owned it, God says, if you'll own your role in the problem, God says, I will own my role in the solution. All of it. Do you know why? Because in the same way that God cares for the physical poor and wants us to do the same thing. He's providing us this object lesson. So all of us that experience this sense of spiritual poverty don't run from him, but run to him, the great God that welcomes the foreigner, the castaway, and the cast out. Our Father, today, I pray that you would help us own where we've been wrong, own where we haven't represented you well. And we pray that you would change us, God. Lord, and as you change us, I pray that you would put us back on the road, back on the pathway um, to please you in the ways that you've described here in your word. Help us to be those that proactively welcome the cast out and the cast away. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.